Hey folks, Todsky here, going to give you another quick rundown of what's happening in the region. Uh, we just went through crazy, crazy couple of weeks uh, of events, man, with Winter Play and Hometown the Musical. Amazing, amazing time. Uh, you're going to hear all about it uh, in this episode. But coming up, we've got some really cool events. Uh, it all starts this Thursday, February 28th, 8 p.m. Uh, it's going to be the Your McMurray Magazine Issue 2 Launch Party down at the Wood Buffalo Brewing Company. It's going to be sponsored by K-Rock. It's going to be a great, great night. You'll have a chance to see the issue before it actually hits the stands around the region this coming weekend. Um, there's going to be music by Mackenzie Wallace and Joe Howes. Uh, Tommy Guns is going to be there giving away some prizes. Uh, Wood Buffalo Brewery is going to, is, well, they're, of course they're there. It's at the, at the, at their bar. Uh, they're also going to be giving away some prizes. There's going to be brewery tours. No tickets, guys. You're just in invited to come along everything starts at eight o'clock just show up down there just be like hey just want to have some few beers want to uh, see the new kick-ass uh ymm magazine and uh, you're in that's the secret code that's what you gotta say to the person at the door i want to see a kick-ass magazine and boom you're in tell them toski sent you it's gonna be a great great night head on down there this thursday it's gonna be a blast but then a couple weeks down the road Saturday, March 16th, uh, basically your McMurray Magazine presents the St. Paddy's Day Party at the Wood Buffalo Brew House. That's going to be a crazy, crazy time because this is the first St. Patrick's Day uh, that uh, the new bar in town, Wood Buffalo Brewing Company, is going to experience. So we all know how it works. Uh, St. Paddy's Day is going to be about the green beer. It's going to be about the party. So the brew house opens up at 11. You got to be there at 11. It's an all-day drinking session. There's going to be lineups. Don't miss it. Show up right when a uh, door opens up. Just leave your wife and kids and family at home. Just say, I'm going out to get just shit-faced and uh, out there and enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, Your McMurray Magazine is going to present that party on Saturday, March 16th. It's going to be a blast. So make sure you reserve those two dates because it's going to be an absolutely good time. And, of course, like I said, this weekend, issue two of the Yarmulkery Magazine launches. Pick it up all across town. Uh, there's all kinds of places. Uh, Mac Island, uh, McMurray Airport, diversified buses have them. And uh, check it out www.yourmcmurraymagazine.com uh, it's going to be it's a great great issue we're going to talk about it in this episode with Krista the editor and the publisher is up and she's going to talk about it it's going to be a great show and uh, basically you're going to hear everything that I just said again <laughs> before we go though uh, we also pimp out a new uh, uh, YouTube site we created for the podcast youtube.com slash podcast. all the stuff that we've done uh, with film within the last couple of years we're going to post up there because we believe uh, our filmmakers need exposure. Uh, it's it's a crying shame when you see a masterpiece gets uh, in our film competitions get submitted and it doesn't doesn't see the light of day online. And uh, so we're going to be posting stuff up onto our YouTube site and uh, definitely with contact information uh, for the filmmakers because we want to see them do more. It's it's such a it's such incredible projects. So youtube.com slash YMM podcast is our YouTube site. Um, hit subscribe. I'm going to be constantly uploading stuff from our past. YouTube.com slash YMM podcast. Uh, check it out. Subscribe. Uh, we're going to be adding our library of stuff right now. And then we're going to, of course, be adding the new stuff as we do more stuff in the future. Uh, check out ymmpodcast.com. If you want to email us, show at ymmpodcast.com. Twitter.com slash ymmpodcast. Facebook.com slash ymmpodcast. We're all there. We're easily accessible. Uh, like us, follow us, share us, subscribe to us. Just rub us all over you. <laughs> so 
So this episode coming up, like I said, Krista Balsam from uh, Your McGrain Magazine's at the dining room table. We chat about the next issue. We chat about she was in hometown, so we chat about hometown a bit, and we chat about the uh, uh, couple weeks that it was because it was absolutely crazy busy in Fort McMurray, so it's nuts. And also a little tidbit that uh, we hear towards the end: uh, Happy freaking birthday to the YMN podcast because it was February 26th that we posted the very first episode. It's been a crazy two years. Going to do up a blog post about it. Check it out, ympodcast.com. But for now, let's get into this crazy episode. Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Fort Mac. Welcome to the YMM Podcast. I'm Totsky. I'm Tito. And we have a very special guest at the dining room table today. Hi, I'm Krista. <laughs> there you go. Uh, welcome, Krista from... Your McMurray Magazine. There you go. Uh, celebrating their second issue launch, I believe. Yeah, our second issue comes out this Thursday night and uh, on stands on Friday. Perfect, perfect. That's exciting. And I want to talk everything about the whole concept, because I remember, I think it was you or Teresa that was mentioning this about a year ago now that this was kind of, I imagine the whole concept was like way before then, but the first time I heard of it was probably about a year ago. It really kind of got started, and we started talking about it probably in May, June, just after the election. I was pretty busy during the election yes, period. Yes, right too. So I worked for Don Scott or ran his campaign or something like that, I guess, back in the day. <laughs> and ran his um, campaign or something. He actually was very encouraging for the election. <laughs> You know, as he was getting settled, I was working for him, but he was very encouraging and saying, look, what do you want to do with your life? And, you know, kind of pushed me to start my own business. And then I started just examining what are some of my strengths and what are some of my weaknesses. And my biggest strength I found is bringing people together and kind of putting different people at a table and, you know, bringing out the best in people and kind of merging all of those things. So, you know, a magazine kind of came from that. And, you know, the thing that I found the most interesting is that we have all these media sources in town, but we didn't have anything that really spoke to everyone. And we didn't have something that really hit a broad everyday class of Fort McMurray. So, you know, hitting the people that work here every day and, you know, like our tagline I find is so fitting a magazine for everyone who lives, works and plays here because I think you can find something for everyone. No, it's true. Like even for the, the, like as much as sometimes it seems that we pick on the transient workforce, like they're very much a part of this community in some way, shape or form. Right. And the tagline does fix. It's literally something for everyone, whether you just spend your shift here, whether you just spend a couple hours here or whether you call this place home. Right. Um, So, 
was it always been I'm making a magazine or was it just kind of like I don't know how I'm going to work this because the logo is awesome too Chris, uh, was it Balsam Communications um, your, Balsam Communications is my company that publishes YMM um, the name of the magazine actually came from my roommate Ben Kinnett one night we were sitting around and kind of having some drinks and as we always do we're just like big dreamers and the more drinks we have the bigger our dreams get <laughs> and I was talking about this magazine and he's like you know and I think I came up with some weird names and he, he was like why are you going to do something so lame like why not make it YMM isn't that all the rage now and I was like yeah that's true you know the Twitter hashtag and he's like the acronym's pretty perfect your McMurray magazine that's and I'm like brilliant. done okay finished <laughs> and at the time I was working on it's mine don't you ever yeah. repeat it anywhere else <laughs> yeah no absolutely and like the, that week I'd had an appointment with my lawyer and I was trying to come up with the name of the magazine because in order to like I could incorporate my company but to trademark or trade name a magazine I needed to actually have the name to put in the legal documents so the pressure was on I had to come up with this name if I was going to do it and as soon as we as soon as it was said out loud it was done and there's yeah. never been a second guess since so it fits it, it fits so well because well YMM podcast YMM is our airport code it's it's the twitter hashtag that everyone follows for this region which oddly enough i was looking at google the other day and mm-hmm. i was typing in wyman oh yeah i was trying to get the the youtube page for wyman podcast there's another uh podcast out there called wyman podcast oh is that so really? yeah it's uh it stands for something though it's like sad like us we don't stand for anything <laughs> <laughs> no it's like it, it's like your mcmurray magazine like it stands for something monthly minute or your monthly minute or something oh. like that oh you know what say. I think I've seen that on, on iTunes before too yeah it's like I'll we- kill him <laughs> <laughs> well you did register the name right right sure <laughs> it is important my it lawyer is. told yep. me I didn't need to necessarily trademark but I should trade name it yeah. so I did that so that's, that's- if you haven't I'd get on it it's one thing that I'm probably going to pick your brain up for because I've never gone to that. It's something that only lately that has been crossing my mind. What? I've, I've told you a long time ago. Trust in the wrong person, fir- first movie, First movie I ever did when uh, right about when I was about to start sending to film festivals, the first thing that came to our mind was, okay, well, we need to release it under some certain name for production, right? And there, and uh, we, we had always toyed with this idea of the production name Hyperphotonic. Me and Buddy of mine came up, came up with it. And then, and then he said, you know what? We should probably register that. And so I said, yeah, sure. So we registered the name. We didn't make it into a business, but it was a registered trademark name. Yes, I have YMM Podcast registered, but it's not copyrighted. Okay, you got to do that too. And though. there's differences yeah. between trade names and trademarks. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not technically trademarked because unless you're going to be outside of many markets, you don't need yeah, to no trademark point. it. It's not worth it. Yeah. So this is where all my you know fancy yeah. legal advice came in, and you know the same thing. Even if there's another YMM podcast, unless there's another one in Fort McMurray, you don't really have any grounds to yeah. say that you know yeah. it doesn't affect your business. And Especially then, considering that one's a nickname, right? Where it's like, yeah. well, actually, our podcast is called Your Monthly Minute, where ours is literally just YMM, nothing yeah. else to it, right? And even the <laughs> Airport is really branded YMM now. Like if you've seen I've their seen new logo, actually, yeah. it's YMM. You know, it's McMurray City Center. It's not for McMurray City Center. It's McMurray City Center. So, you know, I think I think I'm on to something there with the McMurray, and, no, and you right. guys are too, right? Because yeah. I think it is part of drop the, fort. the culture now. <laughs> um, needs a fort. I, I was uh, I was curious. <laughs> I think we should build a fort around the city. Um, <laughs> cardboard no, or, yeah, exactly. or what? Pillows. Pillows. Yeah. Uh, well, I had a question. Um, I know that there's a couple of uh, magazines, both in Calgary and in Edmonton that kind of they're the free distribution uh, type of magazines like Sea um, uh, and uh, View uh, is this does this follow the same type of model where it's very much dependent on the on the community or are you guys uh, funded in any way by uh, I don't know like say the uh, AFA 
funded by nobody but advertisers. Gotcha. Um, entirely dependent on the support of the community to buy ads. And, you know, that's something that, you know, may or may not change. We're working on maybe potentially doing some subscriptions so you can guarantee your copy or businesses mm-hmm. or people that live outside Fort McMurray can kind of guarantee that you get a copy mailed to you. And that just spawned because they're so freaking expensive to send to my family and friends. So I think my family and friends are a subscription list right there. Well, like my first my first impression was like, man, this is really well done. It's high like, quality stuff. Like I know comic books that cost more, way much more than this that are, are of a lesser material quality than what you guys are producing here. So I was just wondering whether, because I know that there's, um, uh, the Alberta Foundation for the Arts does fun stuff like this, especially like media media grants and all that sort of stuff. So, but would they just be art centric, or doesn't matter? Doesn't doesn't matter. I mean, it technically, What's technically, exactly what that is, is it centric. Technically, this is considered an art form because it's writing, right? So, good point. I yeah. should probably start researching grants, is what he's saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we should all. One I thing mean, I haven't researched <laughs> since we started this adventure has been grants, but I've never seen one for everything has been art centric that I looked at. But I've just probably like the iceberg. Hey, it's, it's, it, what do they say? Nine, nine tenths of the law is interpretation, right? If you can, true. if you can do a compelling enough argument, anything could be, you know, made, like I mean, it, it's how certain movies get made. Like it's how uh, what was it? Uh, Passchendaele. That uh, if anyone remembers Passchendaele, if anyone's seen it, I think I te- technically it. every Canadian should have seen it three times for that thing to make its money back. No, it's true. Yeah. yeah, but it was twenty million dollars, and I mean, it, it, they, they basically said grand. this is how. Like the entire model was predicated under we're going to create a movie that is going to appeal to the American audience, but it was hinged on that too. And because it didn't, it fell flat. And it's twenty million dollars of Amer- uh, of Canadian money that went into a movie that it technically, even if everyone in Canada had gone to see it, that would probably have been five million dollars. So everyone had to see it at like three or four times for it to at least make its money back. So our population is thirty three million. Mm-hmm. Our population is 33 million. No, but how many of major cities have large theaters? Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure our movie theaters. Not everyone in Canada is going to I'm see sorry it. That's what I said. Well, no, uh, oh, I just said something. I can't remember. Oh, but this magazine being, as soon as I seen it was free, because for some reason I thought for sure when I first heard it, I'm like, okay, you're going to go down and pay a couple bucks to, to grab a magazine. Easy, right? But then you told me, or I seen it was free, and I'm like, wow. Heavily reliant on uh, advertisers, and that makes definitely reliant on advertisers. You know, and I think that's generally the media business, and most of the world now is just so reliant yeah. on advertising mm. for success. And you know, yes, it's risky doing a free magazine, but then that helps with your distribution. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the main goals behind this is everyone here, and I know you guys are, you know, are part of this club that we really just want to spread the positive message about Fort McMurray. And it sounds dorky and cliche, the real story, but yeah. we need to tell the real story. And we have very little media sources outside of Fort McMurray that are going to do that for us. So yeah. we have to do it ourselves. So, you know, with something like this, you know, we're hitting a, you know, they say with magazines, and this is what, you know, I'm pretty confident in. I think about forty to 50,000 people have read the first issue of the magazine. That's awesome. 20,000 copies go out. But how many people are reading it twice? Or how many people are passing it to their wife? Or how many people are sending online. it to mom? Yeah. How many people are reading it online? How many people, you know, Tommy Guns, for example, has them down in their mirrors yeah. as you're getting your hair cut. I bet true. you 20 or 30 people have picked up each one of those. Yeah. So the statistics show that about every magazine gets about two or three reads for every issue so that's printed. Or printed, yeah. So, you know... I think I can comfortably tell you that 40,000 people have touched the magazine. How does it make you in feel? In some though? way. How does that, like... It's crazy. Like, yeah? My life's been pretty surreal for the last couple months, and, you know, I, I, I think I just take it all in stride and just keep working harder. You know, I... 
I said to my fiance driving here, I was like, you know what? I feel better about this one than I did the first one. The second issue coming out is the first time I was holding it in my hands. And he's like, well, he's like, he's like, as long as everyone else thinks it is, I'm like, well, I'm going to strive every single issue to make it better than the last one. Absolutely. And if I constantly do that and I never let it get stagnant, I think people appreciate that too. So it's been it's been a trip. Well, it, a trip and a half, I, I would guess, because I don't know, just that feeling that. So you print off the twenty and the twenty thousand, right? Yeah, how much you print twenty thousand, and none of those are anywhere. Those are automatically all gone to a certain spot. Like you don't have boxes of these just at home or anything like that, right? We had a couple, but no, like but I have like, no boxes left at home. Yeah. yeah, no, they, you know, so distribution is is pretty varied. Um, Thirteen thousand five hundred went to all the diversified buses. That's incredible. So that's new. That's new. That's, that no one else in town is doing that. So yeah. I was really, really proud, and Diversified's been absolutely fantastic. For them, you know, they wanted to improve the quality of the ride for all their riders, and, you know, it's something that all the oil companies feel really strongly about, too. Let's cut back on the number of vehicles on the road. Let's give them the best ride they can and make it something people want to do. So, you know, a magazine that actually is appealing to that audience, yeah. I think, is was a key kind of part. So I pitched it to them, and they came on board with Flying Colors, and, a, you know, Mark Hanna and, and Van and them, they've been great down at Diversified. So... Another tip, too. First Canada. I know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, second thing we did was then, you know, we went to some of the major players in town. So, Mac Island, Keanu College, Syncrude Sport and Wellness Center, the airport. They're flying off the racks of the airport like crazy, which makes yeah. me think they must be going all over the world. It's true. Because people even at our, our airport are going everywhere. That's true. When I used to work WestJet, like some of those magazines that I would find in the back, because we used to groom the planes, right? Some of the magazines that would find in these back pockets were literally from all over the world. Well, like, plus everyone gets bored on the flight, right? And they'll, like, read the first thing that. Like I, I've read those. Like whenever, what is that one that WestJet does all up. the time? Up, up yeah, and I then hate on those route for Air Canada. Yeah, yeah and, and I, I look at it. And Everyone's like, got their own little. Yeah, their own little niche, and and you know, like on on one flight, you'll read you'll read an up, right? Oh yeah. Like what? I mean, as oh, much I've as been on flights where I've especially, read six times, especially the flight from Fort McMurray to anywhere in Alberta, uh, it, it, no because TVs. well, the, 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 even if there is TVs, it's too short of a time to really get invested in anything on the television. Yeah. And, and you know, it takes fifteen minutes for them to kick it in, and then when they're landing, it's the last ten minutes as well. And you don't want to bring out a laptop because that's cumbersome too. Because yeah. you're gonna flip it out, you know, and then it's like oh. It's like half an hour into the flight, so yeah, yeah you read something, right? So oh, I have um, it right at the gate. Grab it. And I go. guess that's. I guess that's my next question: is um, is there plans to distribute this further than just on print? Like, are are you thinking about going to like a website and doing like a digital version of it as well? Already exists. Yourmcmurraymagazine oh, um, dot has both the flipbook plus we upload absolutely everything individually, so it's much easier to share via Facebook and Twitter yeah. and everything else. Yeah, that's cool because I, I know like the big thing for a lot of people now is because uh, it's even ever since that new iPad Mini came out. Like, it's interesting because like the iPad itself. A lot of people are like, "Oh, it's really great for reading," but <laughs> ten inches way too fucking. No, but the, it, it's it's weird. It's like a magical number for some reason because Eight. the iPad Mini is exactly the size of a book, like yep. a paperback. So, as such, people are using it more and more for reading. Like, I know yeah. so many people that are, oh yeah, no, it's no, a bit bigger than a paperback. It's it's the size of a magazine, quite literally. Like, yeah, yeah, people were. What they were complaining about when I did my research on it was literally like the iPad is you got to hold it like this. Yeah. People don't yeah. want to do that anymore. Where's the iPad? Talk about fucking society, right? The, this is way too much work. I just want this and be able to. Uh, What's simpler, uh, uh, right? Right, and that's what they wanted. Yeah, the, so eight inches is the is the, is the kicker. No, place. that's awesome because because then people can just subscribe to the website's RS, RSS feed, feed yep. right, and then just get the updates as they're coming, right? Yeah, that's great. So I it's mean, this, this is air, air we live in. Like it, to have a magazine, uh, like it doesn't matter. 
you could you could have people subscribe to this from all over the world. Someone from Halifax, like oh, I used to work in, in yeah. Fort Mac. I want to subscribe to it. You can do uh, I, what is it? iBooks for for uh, Apple? Is it iBooks? Is the yep. application iBooks. you can do iBooks inst- integrations? It's so easy these days where anyone can. It doesn't you have don't have to go to a publisher. Yeah. Like it's incredible. You can even do a podcast. <laughs> oh wow, podcasts! What are those? Just Krista reading every article. <laughs> have you uh, have you touched base with um, uh, what is it? Um, the tourism board, former Murray Tourism. Um, yeah. Actually, in the first issue, they're the ones on the centerfold spread. So, cool. great relationship with them. Um, working on something with them for the summer. Um, so you can pick up magazines there as well. Plus, this upcoming issue we're adding in the Fort McMurray Hotel Group. So in 893 hotel rooms, you'll find the magazine as well, which is yeah. a huge chunk of the Fort wow. McMurray hotels. Yeah. So we're also looking at adding PTI camps and kind of That's spreading great. it that way. Um, Oil Sands Discovery Center came to us. They're like, can we please have yeah, the Yeah, because I know when, when I worked with, uh, with the tourism group years ago for one summer, um, they were distributing the Travel Alberta. Yeah. And, and and that's great because it features all of Alberta, right? But, like, they didn't have something specific for Fort McMurray, and we'd always have to, like, throw little pamphlets and maps and shit. Yeah. And it was to people that were getting the tours of the oil sands, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's still a very popular People are sport. very proud here. Mm. You know, like, it's the true. people that live here are very proud of Fort McMurray. The ones who embrace it and actually make it their home want the world to know how great it is, and they love to hear good things about the community they're living in. Mm. So for them, a magazine like this, they really eat it up. And the other thing that was important to me was not making it very corporate. You know, so I want my writers to feel okay to go out on a limb, and, you know, yes, sometimes that's going to lead to a little bit of controversy. You know, I had some pretty interesting emails come in after the first issue about a few things, and... Really? I was... I loved getting it, you know? I'm like, yeah. I'm okay with the criticism. I was going to say Feedback. that, too. I'm like, I, the, the, like, I guess the big thing is, like, what I've noticed makes the uh, like the the like the the good free magazines stand out from every other ones is that there's articles that co- completely contradict each other in the very same issues. Like you'll read someone's opinion that like uh, there's a, I forget which one it is, but like out of Calgary, like there's these two guys that write for it and they hate each other because <laughs> they they are like completely on different sides of like of the opinion poll and like they will contradict each other in each other's article but like the thing is people read this stuff and they look forward to it because it's it's like this is this is the ring in which they can fight yeah. and they're they're governed by the rules but they're allowed to express their opinion right so yeah. it's really cool because it, it, you know and as and people write in and you know you you kind of take your sides that way and at the same time it's you don't feel like you're being forced to to have one opinion or the other you're you're allowed to Think of the in between, which is technically where your opinions. You're allowed lie. to fight with the gray, right? Yeah, and it's very much you know. I have a little disclaimer that says the opinions aren't my own, and they are those of my writers. And mm-hmm. you know, I want people to feel free to say things that are a little bit outside the box, you yeah. know, and you know, spark that kind of conversation. As long as it's not let's bash Fort McMurray, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. You know, like because to me, I want it to be positive, and, and I want and it to be the story. truth and yeah. the real story. If you can say something and you can back it up with facts and figures, you know. I think that's a good lead-in. The feature story in this upcoming issue is uh, written by Alana Bottrell. She wrote the first one, the first feature about the future of Fort McMurray. And this story made me cry the first time I read it. I can't wait. uh, She spent a day with the folks down at the Center of Hope, went to the soup kitchen for lunch with them. And then she went and spent the night at the MAP program at the Salvation Army. Wow. And it's um, an hour-by-hour less than that in some cases, play-by-play of her experience and her day with them. 
Wow. And the photography is done by the brilliant Brandon Cooper. He's a local guy who did the photography, and he went with her. Um, and just, it's not, uh, Fort McMurray is an awesome story. You know, like, it, it just, it's, it's the showing real deal. the real story, the yeah. real deal of Fort McMurray. And it's touching, it's striking, it's funny, it's sad, it's... It's uplifting all at the same time, and mm. and uh, captivating. Alana's brilliant; like she, she's absolutely. And I hope she listens to this because I don't know if she knows how brilliant she is, but she is brilliant. <laughs> and Russell Thomas was the one who suggested her to me, and I just jumped all over it. Always want her to write, write for me. Like I well, give us a preview. So, what can we expect in this issue? So, how does it work? It's it's volumes and issues. I never understood how that worked in the magazine world. Volume is the year. Okay. So, and then issue is in that volume. Okay, so, so this be volume... This is volume one. Now we're going into issue two. Okay. So next year, it'll be, be volume, volume two. two, issue one, two, okay. three, four. Okay, Yeah. So what, what can we expect from this upcoming volume one, issue two? It has a pretty similar format to the first one, but um, the features have changed. Um, like I mentioned, the story, Invisible at 25 Below, kind of talks about the homelessness issue in Fort McMurray and kind of showcases a little bit of light on that. Um, completely done in cooperation with the Center of Hope, who are fantastic people who just Absolutely. are doing such good work in Fort McMurray. Um, Teresa Wells, who I'm sure you guys know both pretty well. Um, Teresa did a little story on um, some inspirational people in Fort McMurray. So just kind of showing uh, some various kind of different sectors of people that can kind of help inspire you. And then this might be the controversial issue. And, you know, I even had my printer be like, oh, you sure you want to print that? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's about safe sex. There's a sort yes. of safe sex and talking with HIV North and kind of why, you know, why we don't have a blood bank up here. And, you know, why there's Which is a, a very good topic, and actually. It's so, a- you know, we did a story on that. And, you know, I had people be like, really, you're going to put that in, in a magazine that you can pick up at Mac Island? And I'm sure people aren't going to like it. And there's going to be parents like, yeah. oh, you know, why, why can my kids get their hands on this? Gratuitous. But it's safe sex. <laughs> The yeah. message is be safe about having sex. So, mm-hmm. You know, if there's parents that don't that want their kids positive? not talking about sex, like, I'm sorry, yeah. watch your kids and what they're picking up. You know, like, yeah. we, we want to get the message out there, and I think it's a very valid topic uh, in Fort McMurray. So, you know, other than that, we have our usual stuff, too. You know, John Topper loves to go out and review restaurants. He's so excited over that. He man. gets so excited, <laughs> and, he, and he's having such a good time. The last two Saturday nights he's been out yeah. uh, reviewing, so... It um, so he's now reviewing for issue three, mm-hmm. but uh, in this one it's a it's a battle of the new kids on the block as he called it, and it's um, geez I'm like losing my mind. Hoodoo's <laughs> versus Prime Social Kitchen. <laughs> so you'll have to read to find out who won the battle. There you go. Um, you know we we talk about. A little bit of the emergency services stuff that's happening at Suncor. Yeah, I've seen that actually. That that's uh, that's really cool because that's always something that uh, everyone. I thought that was an ad, but that's an actual article. This is an article. Yeah, wicked. Yeah, we. I'm just nice, and I, I put sometimes I'll put their logos on there because yeah, yeah. I want to support them, and I yeah. and like they did buy an ad, so um, there you go. Wow, Brandon did the photography for that too. That was really cool. One of my favorite little things we do is uh, Jamie Clinch. Do you guys know who that is? I know the name. Look at he's the branch manager of RBC. Okay. But he's also like a local wine aficionado. He's mm. a sommelier. He's done all this training. He's obsessed. Like, he's the guy, <laughs> like, up on the stage of the wine auction. You know, he's just obsessed works. with it. So he came to me when the first issue was coming out. And he's like, can I write about wine in the magazine? And I was like, well, can it be, like, wine under $25 that you can actually find here? That people, yeah. you know, can you put it in layman's terms? Because <laughs> stuff we had to order from the States. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> we're not all in the whatever Epicurean Society or whatever they're called. Yeah. Like, you know, so 
so that's what he did for the first one and this one he's talking about bc wines and all of them you can buy here and you know i think that's kind of cool you know absolutely it is that's one thing i haven't been able to get a palate for is wine so i'll just see what he recommends because i've been wanting to I keep making fun of my fiance. We were, we were when we first started dating. It was like Easter or something, so he came over to my house with a gift for me and one. Of, and I love wine, and he brought me this like eighty dollar bottle of wine. And like I'm a twenty dollar bottle of wine. Like <laughs> good nights, twenty dollar bottle of wine kind of girl. But he had no freaking box, clue. I don't want it. He had no freaking clue what to buy so he went into the liquor store like a freaking idiot and like love him for doing it he's like what's a nice (laughs) bottle of wine and like the guy pointed to this like $80 bottle of wine but I didn't think tasted any better than the you know $11.99 stuff I would have bought right so it but it just was the perfect example of like why this is actually an important thing and then the other day I saw somebody pull out their little list from the first magazine when they were in the liquor store and were like looking for the wines and I was like that's cool and that's what you want to see right that's That's really cool. cool wine snob Love yeah. it. No, it's a, what else we got? We want to keep going preview because I want to ask about how the first issue went down as well. First issue, um, such an incredible group of people. Like if you look at the ma- the masthead in the first issue, the masthead's that fancy journal, you know, media term for the list of people who did things. Oh, okay. Um, hey, learn something. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are like masthead. What's a masthead? I'm like, well, I'm a rookie too, but you know, <laughs> someone taught me that. And we've got a lot of really cool people writing for us, and people that you know, that, yeah, people regulars. that you know, but then people that you uh, that you don't know, right? So, you know, in the first one, you know, Russell Thomas is a you know regular contributor. Mm. Ben McCulley wrote a really great story in the first one. Yeah, um, well, Teresa Wells, him and Adam doing the six on six off thing. Yeah, well, they do good cop bad cop as oh, okay. well. So that's kind of what you were talking about. Oh, right, right. In the right. ring mm-hmm. and doing that. But then you have new people. You know, after the first issue, I had this random email from a guy being like, hey, I'm from the Nova Scotia music scene. You know, I've got my master's in, you know, music, or I don't remember exactly his credentials, but he's like, you know, I used to be president of the Guitar Society in Mm -hmm. Halifax. I'd love to write for you about music. You don't, you know, it's one thing I noticed you didn't have. So this random guy I would have never met, who's got all this talent and all this eagerness to get involved in the community, is now writing for me and is you know wrote the first story for the this issue that's coming out on Thursday on Stu Marchand, one of the local guys we have here in town. So, you know, it's bringing people out of the woodwork too that are that's super rad. talented. Mm. No, it's absolutely incredible, man. Like, so the response you got from the first article has been nothing but positive, like, overwhelming. Yeah, overwhelming. And where you're reaching from? Like, you got some people from Nova Scotia. Yeah, like we're just we're bringing in people from everywhere, and I think that you know some of the greatest feedback. You know, I was really worried. You know, we're going on the diversified buses. How many are going to be left behind, littering up the buses? They're going to hate it. The drivers are going to shoot me. You know, <laughs> yeah. airport, same thing. How many of them are going to be lying around on the floor? You know, how much litter are we going to mm-hmm. have? Yeah, both of them told me they had none of that. Very, very, very little of them left lying around, which to me is a great sign that they're heading off to all sorts of various yeah, places. Yeah, various and, places. You know, they're ending up in lunchrooms and they're ending up at no, that's cool. Work. That's you know, really in great. trucks and China and you know India and you know all these different places. <laughs> well, like I said, some of the stuff that we literally got from from flights on WestJet was stuff from around the world, yeah. Australia, New Zealand, because it's all about whatever connector you get. I left my fucking passport on a plane. And they ended up somewhere in Mexico, and they got it brought back up into Winnipeg. I was like, holy wow. shit, right? And I literally only came back from Seattle, was Seattle to Vancouver. No, it's it's simply incredible. And I've just, I was so interested when you was like a distribution plan, and you have everything all set up when you sent me the, I think it was the media package. Like, you've had this lined up 
very well. And I don't know. I'm not saying that. Like, started oh, in sucked. June. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, was it that easy? I don't want to say easy, but, like, is it that... Uh, easy is a bad term. I'm just saying... Publisher magazine is just like, okay, let's do it. And it literally, you had it done within... <laughs> I think it has everything to do with passion. It's passion. It's knowing a lot of people. It, you know, I've been very fortunate in my past in Fort McMurray. I had the wicked opportunity to work at Mac Island for a couple of years. Yeah. I was the marketing and communications person there for a couple of years before Adam Hardiman. You were one of the top... Uh Top um, 40. Top 40 under yeah. 40. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, was. I remember. Yeah. That's where I remember you from. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So for Mac Island, I knew tons and tons of people um, from working on the John's campaign, like running that. You know, obviously. Yeah, I guess I was, you get to know people. You get to know a areas, lot of yeah. people. And a lot of people in this town are really generous and were willing to buy in right away, which, you know, I was very fortunate to get some of the advertisers I did in the very first issue, which obviously, mm-hmm. you know, matters. Um, Watch your launch one. That's one that you got to prove yourself, basically. Yeah. yeah. And. It, um, you know, it's 84 pages. The first issue was 84 pages, and that's pretty hefty, apparently. You know, and I went into this pretty naive, and, you yeah. know, my print guy in Edmonton, Jim, he's uh, he's just been a beacon of knowledge for me, and I'm, I just, I owe him so much because he's been in the industry for a long, long, long time, and, you know, they're, you know I'm hearing things, like, even I, I use a company called Media Classified out of Edmonton as well to do the distribution around town, because okay. it was important to me to have that third party kind of do that, so that way then I get a weekly audit of how many are being taken from each location, Yeah. and, oh, cool. you know, they maintain them, they restock them, it's, you know, sure, I could do it myself, but that professional company adds that kind of third party accountability to yeah. it, um, so I, that's something that I thought mattered for advertisers and something I wanted to start from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But he told me that, you know, we're going to have about a 95% pickup rate on the first issue. He said in all of his years in the industry, too, he's never seen a fir- like a first-time magazine get more than 75% pickup. Wow. So, you know, apparently I'm beating all these records and impressing <laughs> all these guys down south. And I just keep saying, it's Fort McMurray. It's Fort McMurray. You know, yeah. all things are possible, to quote a line from well, it's yeah. true. It's, hometown. It's the, exception to every, it's the exception to every rule. You can break the rules here. Right? Yeah. Well, Entirely break the you can rules. Well, what is it? Uh, it's a blue ocean, right? Like, there's so much room for any idea to really take flight here right it's like it's as if you were to open a uh a uh, what's it called um uh what is that the big chain of they're opening one soon actually the big chain of ice cream stores oh, yeah they're opening a marble slab like that thing is going to get so much business why because there's no no competitor really right now right yeah you can and, go to Dairy Queen and Robbins for the longest time oh that's yeah, but then was it got so sh- good when yeah, it was but here. it got it was shut at down. the NW yeah, right there right I don't know yeah, why yeah. they shut that down that was sad no it was before that it was across from the Safeway really where, you know where the bank that. is the CIBC Yes. Yeah, it used to be there. It was a little corner. Really? Yeah, yes, back, right. Back in the day. Actually, I fa- didn't know that. facing. It was actually it was facing, facing the Safeway. The Safeway. Yeah. It was on the. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. Back when there used to be a baseball Shit. field on the other side yeah, of that. Yeah, you're right. But, um, oh, they're going to kill up Oh, there. yeah, they're, they're going to kill, yeah. And, and it's so, like Yogan Fruits at Mac Island. Have yeah. you ever gone by there and not seen a giant lineup? There's always been yeah. a lineup. Especially after uh, Kingston Swimming Lessons are 2 o'clock in the yeah. afternoon. It's a fucking huge. But, but the difference I've, I've found is it's not so much. It's not so much just having the idea, though. It's like you have to really care about it. Like that's it's like anything, right? Like you could go somewhere and say, "Oh, I want to I want to get this started." 
and not really, you know, half-ass it. And oh, it's I want to make it's a fl- And I guess that's true for anything. But if you really have the passion here, like the, the huge plus here is because of the fact that if you really have the passion, you can get enough people to the come behind through. you with that. Oh, that you have so much support. Whereas, uh, like, um, I, I always draw analogies because this is my background. Is like in in a place like Edmonton, one it's a little harder because you've got conflicting egos where everyone everyone's starting is trying to start up their own idea. And so because of that, there's like a little bit of like of of a, I guess a bottleneck where. Yeah. Some someone's got to come a- ahead of everyone else there, right? You got to do something to get ahead. <coughs> or work more competitive, you know. Yeah. Like we, we or we work have, together, right? We have McMurray Girl, which is fantastic. Kyle mm-hmm. Getty does such an amazing job with that magazine, and I think it, it fits really well. Um, you know, the Today, the Connect, Northward. completely different things. Northward's the other magazine, and you know we have all of our radio stations, but there was nothing like this that really no. hit a broad demographic. Yeah, and that's the idea. You know, and um, was you're right. Something the, the other ones were very specific. Yeah. yeah. This one's a bit broader, and it, I, I still say it's a little bit more male focused. But I think that's you know our our demographics are just a little bit more male focused, and you know really trying to hit that audience because no one like no one else is hitting it directly as much. And maybe they mm. are, and I'm just you know talking out of my butt. But I, well, there's there's plenty of room for everyone, right? There's here. room for everyone. Yeah. yeah, like I don't think if I were in any of these other media positions, I wouldn't necessarily be worried because I think there's enough to go around. You know, like I think there's. Well, that's an interesting you bring up because it's one thing that I, it's been bugging me lately is is the we do live in a town where yes we're expanding and we're growing but we're still hovering around hundred thousand people which on the grand scheme of things is kind of small and it, what's been bugging me lately it's funny because you talk about the co- cooperation between like yourself and the other magazines and how there's plenty of room to go around but all this stuff like with the politics behind like the radio stations and behind like the, the events organizers and it's something that's always bugged me where I'm like guys there's no reason to be cutthroat with it when you can easily there's plenty of stuff to go around like no one's usually like it's very hard pressed to find two events going head to head in the same night hard pressed or if there is you know they're they're aimed at different groups of people you know yeah. like generally all the major society events the galas the, yeah. you know that's all coordinated and you know I can tell you right now the Festival of Trees is the third November three, third Saturday of November Keanu Gala oh, first like Saturday of oh, really? November you know like festival or a spring fling is coming up usually the third or fourth Saturday of March like mm. there's generally a cycle and a schedule mm. right so yeah. it's the same thing you know Center of Hope has their events. You know, you kind of get placed into that general social schedule that yep. exists because we are small enough still yep. that that can happen. And obviously that'll change as we get more and more organizations Absolutely. and more and more things happening. Yeah. But, you know, the big stuff, and you know, Canada Day, everyone knows Events with Buffalo is planned in Canada Day, you yeah. know, and like, I think everyone's pretty respectful of that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know from my experience at Mac Island, we were always very conscious of that. Mm. Let's not plan an event when we know someone else when is. we're going to be or, up against a, some kind of rock yeah, show. Like, yeah, you know, like, why why would you want to do that? So, yeah. you know, obviously there's always a little bit of conflict and, you know, a little yeah. bit of, and I don't mean conflict in a negative way, but just in, there's going to be some overlap with events, but yeah. generally they're for hitting different crowds and different audiences. No, exactly. Uh, so, Goals. What is your five-year plan with this? Um, I don't like that I say um. Sorry. Um, it bugs me. I want to okay, we usually go find a bi-monthly. swear connector. <laughs> I want to go bi-monthly, and that might start as be- as soon as November. Oh, wow. So moving into uh, the next volume two, we'll probably publish six a year versus four. Cool. Um, I I don't know if we'd go monthly or not. We'll see. You know, we'll see how responses and how... How quick it is to get content? How, how you know the content development? 
there's never a shortage of content. I've got like a waiting list of content. That's true. That's good. Um, you know, like there's no shortage of things, and I've got like a, a wish list of stories that I would get people working on tomorrow if mm. I had the space. But mm. you know, and I have to turn people down. Well, that's good. That, like, that's no, really good. Till, you know, mm-hmm. I'm already. St- you know, planning in my head the November issue because that's how far far ahead you are. Yeah, of course. I have to th- and that's the way it is. Lead times are huge. I want to go to Perfect Bind. So this is saddle stitched in, <laughs> in magazine language. Okay. I really want to go to Perfect Bind eventually, which is um, the spine. Oh. Oh, which nice. Is a weird, be... It's a weird goal of mine, but it's just something that I feel like. That would be like graphic novel covers like kind of yeah it's like vogue or it's like you know cosmo oh okay you know it just has a it's a different kind of bindery for Hmm. for the publication would that be like 100 120 pages the next issue the may issue is probably going to be over 100 oh there you go then then you've kind of justified you're growing to justify yeah i'm growing to justify it like i can't just you know you don't start that way right so and some magazines never go that way you look at a mclean's or you look at you know like it's just not the pub it's not and and maybe if i go down to bi-monthly maybe i don't need to justify Mm -hmm. you know so it's yeah yeah, it's still decisions that are in the distant but still sort of near future that i have to make something you have to think about yeah. yeah stuff that i'm already projecting to you know, I think, why can't there be a YEG or a, you know, YCC mm-hmm. or, you know, like, you never know, right? Like, who's well, to say a media publishing thing couldn't start in Fort McMurray and kind of very, trickle and expand, very right? right? You start out here and then it can easily, easily expand. With Twitter and Instagram and all these things, these mm-hmm. hashtags are really taking a footprint into, you know, culturalness and society. Well, it's right interesting now. because, like, there's, there's a huge mindset amongst the artistic community in Alberta right now that the government is... It, the distribution of funds are going to different cities. So it's, you know, Calgary will have a certain amount, Edmonton will have a certain amount, uh, Fort Memorial will have a certain amount, etc. And uh, the challenge that everyone's saying is, like, they, we're competing against ourselves for these funds, and it should be going to the province. And, you know what I mean? as And, and distributed more evenly. Oh, Whereas, like, oh, like yeah, say, yeah. for example, more money will go to Calgary because... Of certain, you know, their, larger their pro- population. Well, possibly, right? But not so much the the size of the idea. But yeah, like something like this, I could very easily see that going into an entire Alberta community type thing, right? So, or smaller markets too. You know, maybe not yeah. in Edmonton and Calgary. Maybe it's Red Deer. Maybe it's Grand yeah. Prairie or Lethbridge. I was going to say like a lot of like the areas of the size of us or like below the five hundred thousand range is very much a, a city that's kind of expanding. Is that kind of the community centric? They want that, like they want to be showcased because yeah. Alberta's always been Edmonton, Calgary, right? Like we want to hear for McMurray, like we, hey, look, we got our own magazine, right? Exactly. I think that's a that's a very good point. It's because I used to see it all the time when people when Westchid says, okay, we're going to expand. They would have like Lethbridge and Red Deer screaming at uh, at Westchid for flights. Right, and it's always just like, well, why do you guys need fire? Why? How are we going to do this, that, and that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, we're growing, we're expanding, and we want to be able to uh, say, hey, we got our flight service here. Hey, we got our own magazine or something like that dedicated mm-hmm. to our community. One of the things I am doing is I um, have a very small number of these starting to be distributed in Edmonton. Oh, cool! As well, just That's to kind of ta- awesome. just to kind of taste the market, and you know, we all yeah. really want to spread the message of Fort McMurray everywhere. Absolutely, Edmonton's a key market for that too. So. One of the things I'm starting with this issue is pushing, I think it's like 600 are going, you know, so it's not an insane amount, but mm. uh, they're going out at some, you know, some of the main locations, like some of the libraries in Edmonton, some of the, and that's the benefit of having a media distribution company on my yeah, side. Yeah, no, they yeah, distribute totally. all over the country, so yeah. I could potentially very easily spread spread it around. I'd say more. the universities would be probably a prime location for this sort of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And the airport yeah. down there, too. 
Exactly. Oh, yeah. cool. Um, we don't have to go into details, but money wise, how deep? Like, I'm not how deep. Like, is it is it something completely added? Like, if someone tells me, "Oh, I, I'm publishing twenty thousand copies of a magazine." I'm thinking that must cost millions of dollars. It's not millions. You've got terrible math skills. <laughs> but it's it's definitely in the the thousands. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's is it something realistic? Well, obviously realistic that you're dealing with it, but I just would never clue into to publishing a magazine because I'd be like, this is outrageous for. Well, I would assume given the the sponsorship, you'd be at least in the black, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Which apparently is rare in the first year of publishing. Magazine. Yeah, well, that's well, I think any any business first five years is usually the the deciding factor. You're trying to get known. Yeah, usually in the red for the there. first five, but to be in the black in the, in the very beginning, that's you're sitting pretty. Well, I guess I had the yeah. same image with filmmaking it's not too. Easy, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> filmmaking, you're always. We're in the making red, it man. sound yeah. really easy, but friends out there, start yeah. a magazine. Just be careful. It's yeah, not that easy. No, it's not that easy. Move to Fort McMurray and try to do it because that's maybe the one exception. Like, no, I guess I had the same concept with film with filmmaking too. I'm like, it's going to cost thousands and millions of dollars just to do a, a film where it's about the same. <laughs> it is thousands of millions of dollars. It's about yeah. being business savvy and working with budgets and, and, and knowing what you're doing, how much you need to sell versus yeah. how much you need to spend and, you know, trying to do it within the margins. And I think that's every business. And yeah, I'm true. new to this, but I'm figuring it out and I've gotten great advice. And, yeah. you know, I've got great people surrounding me. You know, like I said, you look at this masthead, there's a lot of really smart people on there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, Everyone's been very supportive, and I've been very lucky and fortunate to I, have the people in my life that I do have. I, I seem to recall, like I think a little bit over ten years ago, there was um, a high school student that started, you know, the Shazam skate shop. Kazam, Kazam, that was from my graduating class. Was he? Yeah. Are you sure? Uh, he was just a year ahead of me. Perry Pugh was his name. Yeah. Perry Pugh, yeah, yeah. He, he started Kazam, and uh, and he, uh, yeah, he was like nine, 18, 19, 19 when he started the business, yeah. And and it's, it's the guy that owns it now, now, Kevin Power. He graduated with me and he bought it from yeah. him because he moved to Vancouver. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I've just been so bad with math. I'm just like, I can't start my own business. But when you actually try to figure it out, it gets easier, I guess. When the more I have a CFO slash accounts manager. That's not me. It's my mom, <laughs> but that's what she does <laughs> because I'm just not great with math. Yeah. So. You know, funny story, I sent out save the dates for my wedding with the wrong date on them because it was numbers and I screwed it up. Did you move the wedding? No. (laughs) So you went out. Recall that. On the back, it had the right date. But, like, that's how bad I am with numbers, right? So it's like, that's an embarrassing $400 mistake. The whole point of these postcards is to tell people the date of our wedding and it's wrong. It is the wrong date. So that was an embarrassing moment when somebody from Toronto called me and they're like, oh, I thought you told me it was in August. Why is it in September? I'm like, ah. Heart sunk to the floor. Oh goodness! Damn. But, but yeah, no, I mean, four dollar mistake. Well, it's one you probably won't miss again. I think. No. I think the biggest lesson though is just like if if you don't if you want to do something, either learn how to do it or find those that can help you. Can do help it, you right? do it. All things are possible. Yeah. You know, there's this song in hometown where the choir sings and it's called All Things Are Possible. And it's such a true testament to Fort McMurray. And, you know, I think that's my favorite song in all of hometown musical was that song. What did you think of it, Todd? I really liked it. It, it was. I kind of started off a bit weary just for the sole fact that it was my first play bringing Kingston. And I tried to get into the matinee because I knew he'd probably be good for the matinee. Couldn't, which is a testament to the actual play. When uh, the place and Russell's been tweeting, everyone was tweeting about how and Facebook about how they were selling out. But I'm like, there's, there's got to be a couple tickets left for the matinee. Left until the very last minute, like I usually do. 
when to get it sold out. So then the panic starts, and of course I'm just uh, all over the uh, social media trying to grab tickets. And very, very big thanks to Kara Lee Ape, uh, who gave me two tickets, and she wouldn't take money for them. She said, uh, uh, pay it forward. So I told her that I'm going to become a theater angel next uh, for the next season to pay it forward. And so it was the 8 o'clock show, though. So I went in with it. I'm like, please, Kingston, don't bug the people around you, because you're probably going to be the youngest one here. Yeah. He loved it. And as soon as he started, like, the, the I tell you, Krista, like the, I can see it in his eyes when the dancers came out, he would just lit right up. He was loving it. To a point where, after mostly every song, he was kept. He loved clapping when everyone else was clapping, right? So he kept doing it. But it got to a point where, after every song, he would start more loudly saying, "That was a really good song, Dad." And I'm like trying to go, "Shh," but I don't want to spoil it because he's having a, a great time, right? It was really good. It, it was. It was it, very family friendly. It was. And oh we yeah, had absolutely. A lot of children that came to the show and loved it, and I think it's great that the theater did something that was so kid friendly. Yeah. Because exposing them to live theater from an early age, I think, is great for their development. Oh. He He's uh, he absolutely loved it. Like he was singing and dancing for the whole. The whole what was time his favorite part? Uh, I don't think he had his total favorite part because I got the same reaction. But it was when dancers, like even the the, the songs where no dancers were on, I could see his attention was kind of fading. But as soon as there was dancers, because we had such good seats, he was focused right on the dancers and following their every movements. He absolutely loved awesome. that, and he would always glisten for the the janitor security guard part. Yeah, they were really... they were so funny. Kim Hurley actually, the security guard was the choreographer yeah, for the entire. I just show. learned that the other day, actually. and she what. A powerhouse of a woman, like, and I had no idea. Like going through the rehearsal process, we didn't really see most of their stuff. Like, we, they you didn't guys rehearse were very separate, it. right? Like, well, you know, we're all together for all the dance scenes and stuff like that. But they would rehearse that stuff when we weren't around. So then, when we finally got to tech into Q to Q, what they call it, I was just like, I do all these things that I had no <laughs> idea, and we had no idea what was going on the projector screen. We had no idea, like we didn't have the band until the final week. So wow. you know, all these components came together in the final week, and it was like. Whoa! Well, kudos to that gender. Uh, I can't remember Julian now. Julian Nod now. I can't. He's only sixteen, right? Yeah. Amazing, Brilliant. amazing, amazing. Like Kim, very good. Like everyone was amazing, but like he really stood out for being so young. That's what I found. Like I'm like, this guy's got to be like twenty something, sixteen years old. Very level headed, just a cool kid. Like yeah. I really enjoyed spending time with him, and just so mature behind the scenes, and just kind of getting all the other dancers going, helping and out too. Helping so out. That's awesome. Yeah, like just was a real, real pleasure. So tell us about like, uh, like what did you feel? How did you being a performer in the in the play? Switch gears for a second. Um, so, Hometown the Musical. There's so many things that can be said about it. Um, I got involved when Michael Beamish sat me down and said, I want you to be in this show. And I was like, um, <laughs> I don't act, I don't sing, I don't dance. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm yeah. going to ruin it. He's like, no, 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 I just want you to play a small part. You'll be playing yourself, basically. You know, you'll just be playing a reporter. It's Actually, like five I, lines. I thought for sure you'd have the YMM uh, magazine. They wouldn't do it? I never even asked. Oh. I just did it the way they wanted me to, because honestly, you just feel a sort of privilege yeah, being there. And... Uh, you know, the yeah. today's a great sponsor of Absolutely, theirs, yeah. and I don't want to. I didn't want to interfere with that. Yeah, a lot of people told me on the last night to switch it, and I was like, no, I'm not doing yeah, it. No, you know, we're like gonna, it's, we're gonna stick with what we know. Yeah, yeah I, I, I try to keep it classy when I can. Um, <laughs> and then you know, even like they were looking for magazines to go on stage, so I gave them a couple copies of Kyla's McMurray Girl. I gave them a couple copies of mine, but I wanted. You know, there to be that, yeah. you know, because to me it's a camaraderie shit. Yeah, absolutely. And I want us all to be successful. Yeah. So, you know, I got this part. I was told it was five lines. 
And then being 11, very small lines. The lines were like a minuscule part of really what I had to do. The singing and the dancing, I didn't have any clue I had to be a part of that. Until I finally start rehearsal, and I'm just like, Michael, load, what did you guys get me into? And then it led into, we started rehearsing in December. Yeah. So we did like a vocal workshop in December, which lasted a couple weeks. And then when, we, when I got back after the holidays, we basically started every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday nights from 6 to 10. And then every Saturday and Sunday from 10 to 6 was the commitment wow. for the first month. Wow. And then this final month, we were there, I think in the last two and a half weeks, other than the last couple of days since it's closed, we had two days off. And we were there every day from about 5.30 to 6 to 11 p.m., 11.30 at night. And then during Q to Q, we were there for like five days. like Straight through. Straight through, like, you know, 6 to 11 every night. Like, so it's just been... And I, I think for me it wasn't that bad. Like, you know, yes, it's a big time commitment, but I think about all the parents yeah. that have all these dancers that had to be there all these nights so late. Mm. They're probably getting up at five or six in the morning to go to work. And then they're there at eleven o'clock at like, night picking them up. Like yeah. the, the commitment yeah. and the generosity of just the families who let all these children be a part of it. All these, you know, there's people on the show that had four four kids at home. Yeah. I'm just like I'm sitting one like I've got a fiance we've got kids in Newfoundland but they're not here and I'm just like yeah. I, I'm struggling with the time commitment how are you, how are you doing, doing this? it yeah. right like how are you functioning yeah. and then they come in all happy with like muffins for everybody I'm like <laughs> did you just not go to bed like I don't understand like that's why you're so happy you lost it you've literally lost your mind <laughs> yeah so but it, it really was hometown and musical is something that for everyone involved and I think everyone who saw it going to be something that lasts and it will have a long lasting legacy you know the fact that we did sell out a matinee Claude's never seen it in his time involved in the Keanu You sold out, I think it was everything but the first matinee, and that's yeah. just because the word, you can tell the word of mouth just spiraled. Yeah. There was on Kijiji, there's people, I went on Kijiji because I'm like, there's got to be some people on Kijiji that's selling tickets or something, right? There's four or five posts of people asking for tickets for the last day, those last two performance. I've never seen that with a Keanu performance before. Yeah. That was unreal. That's crazy. That was unreal. Like I said, big shout out. Thank Reminds you. Carolee, thank you very much. Reminds me of the Northern Classic when like people were going, you know, bugging for tickets on Kijiji. That's like two hundred bucks. I hear. Yeah, like, exactly. Like these ten dollar tickets were going for two hundred bucks yeah. on Kijiji. I, I wish we could just fast forward into like um, Fort McMurray when like this whole you know developed center for the arts is, yeah. is like because like I'd like to see more stuff like hometown musical. Just like you know what I mean. Like you know how um, uh, sorry my voice, but uh, you know how Edmonton has Fringe every year. Yeah, I like a. You know, former Murray Fringe Festival, right? Like we I know, I know, I know we have interplay, but the thing Expanding is, like, it. I feel Expanding. it needs to be bigger and yeah. like more expanded. And right now, I mean, like if you think about when where we had interplay last year, it was in the parking lot of the Keanu, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, like an actual dedicated art center where it yeah. could be held. That'd be amazing. And that's in the plan. There is a there is an art center in the new city center <laughs> yeah. development plan, yeah. Yeah. as well as like a new stadium and then Mac Island's expansion and like the square and everything else. So all of this will come, and I agree. I want to like time capsule to just show yeah, yeah, it's just, be yeah, like, just yeah. freeze me and wake me up when it's here. <laughs> like, Disney stuff. Yeah. <laughs> wake me up when this is all done. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people still podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> we just speak through telepathy. <laughs> the performance was incredible. Uh, I think it was a perfect one to have Kingston's very first performance. So I got the ticket. It's right next to the Avengers ticket. His first movie, first Keanu performance, or first stage performance. It's just had to be at Keanu. Um, it, it, it was special. It, it really was. It, the 
Some people yeah. are like, there's really nothing special about it. I'm like, there was. Like, is I there, was following your tweets. Is there? A, was there an Edmonton? Is there a musical about Edmonton? There was, actually. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what was it? Edmonton, I love you. Really? The Edmonton that, musical sounds way better. The one that, that John, John... No, no, no. Oh, that's a different Edmonton I live in. Oh. That was a comedy show. But there was a musical. A lot of the people I've worked with worked on it as well. It was, was a musical. Uh, it, was, it was like a, a, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was like a love story. It's set around places in Edmonton and really remo- romanticized Edmonton. It was done by like a really... from Now, this is what I've heard, so don't quote me on this because I wasn't involved in this production at all. From what I heard, it was a very ambitious director that did it. And she got everyone together. They did the show. It was amazing, except from what I'm hearing is there were a lot of problems during the production and then after the production in regards to people getting paid and work being ripped off and also. But I'll let that be settled by the people that were involved. (laughs) Everyone on stage in hometown is doing it for free. And and here's the thing. And that's what I'm saying. This this is what I think is special about Hometown Musical is it was a true collaboration in the fact that there wasn't one person that was... I mean, every single person in that production was important. Yep. You know Absolutely. what I'm, you know what I'm yep. saying? Every single person That's on that stage mattered, and every single yep. person behind the scenes mattered because they were trying. They were trying to make uh, something for the people of Fort McMurray by the people of Fort McMurray, and you know, if if it could ignite the spark of love in in the theater, in theater and the arts in Kingston, then I think it was all worth it. That you said it. You couldn't have said it better myself. Like if if. Kingston, for some reason, comes at me when he's 21 years old and was just like, hey, I remember you taking me to the Keanu performance. I think that trumps, in my opinion, that was well worth that whole performance. Absolutely. Abs- Absolutely. And I don't think he's the only one. Well, That's well, the, the thing, thing is, right? if, you, if you can spark that in... I, I remember seeing my first musical, and it's like, the, and the thing is, like, if you can spark that... Because like, the thing is, it's all hokey until you start getting into it. Yeah, like, it's, it's, all, it's, it's lame all people until on the stage magic. walking around until and clumping around and then the magic hits, right? And then you really get into it, well, right? to quote Glee. <laughs> I love Glee. I hate Glee. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Have you watched Smash? No. Smash is like the grown-up version of Glee. Really? <laughs> it's Broadway. That's an oxymoron. It's a show all about Broadway. <laughs> is it? Is that one on Canada? Is I see Canada. Is the Canada version or is it? No, it's US? um, it's a U.S. show. I don't remember which network. <coughs> it's, on, but it's 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 wicked. Watch season one though. I would recommend watching from the beginning. Smash. Check. Okay, anyway, Smash. so Glee. <laughs> no, it, when he was talking, about, it was when Mr. Shu, one of the main characters, was talking. Someone was like, "Glee's stupid. I don't see why you guys ever do that." And he he quoted, "Once you get through the initial awkwardness of it." Magic can literally happen, and not it's only insane. do you get Kingston's uh, f- experience first time watching this. You've never been in a musical before, I've not since high school. Okay, so, oh, so you were in one then? In in high school, it was Rizzo and Grease back really? at Random Island Academy. Nice. In That's awesome. Did you say the relish song? Uh, the relish line. Bite the weenie, Riz, with relish. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I love that line. Um, yeah, no. So, but I, I agree. Like, I think it's fostered a whole new group of people that there's people actually, that never been in a stage oh tons before. of people that had never been in a stage performance. And you know, it's because of shows like Hometown the Musical that they're now able to do Les Misérables, which is happening next year, right? That's and gonna that is going to be insane. You know, yeah. like that is a huge show. The components that are of it, the singing caliber that is required to pull it off, is yeah, I'm insane. Yeah, curious what they're gonna do for that. It's insane. So the fact that they're even brave enough to attempt to it, they need it. to be applauded. Like, yeah. you know, the theater's never done anything this big before. And you know, I asked Alan Roberts, and he's like, "How do you keep topping?" Yeah. You know, so they did Chicago. Now they did Hometown. Now they're doing well. Uh, this one, I, I, I gotta say, um, I saw them do 
When I was still in high school, they did Jesus Christ Superstar. That's what we thought. Did you listen to the one with Beamish? That's so what I talked about with Beamish. Oh, yeah. did you guys talked about? Yeah, that? that's my very first stage performance I've ever seen. Was Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah, I thought that I thought they knocked it. And out it, it's got me like I've I've I want I'd love to go to New York. Like I went to New York yeah, and watched. And I think Phantom. like when I was a kid, at one point, that was the first one I saw. It was, um, it's Pirates of Penzance, right? Where they do the general. So I am the very model of a modern major general. Up to I know the song, but that's from Pirates of Penzance, right? Yeah, that's Penzance, the first yeah. musical I ever saw here in Fort Marie. Yeah, I remember. Wow. They, they used to have kid. a really big theater scene, and then I think it died down for a while, and they couldn't get people to audition. They couldn't get people out. Yeah, and now it's like really being revived. So I, you know, I'm I'm pumped. Well, I hope they let me in it. And and that's what I think is what really. Which one do you want to play? What do you want to play? Oh in my Miz? god. Um, <laughs> I will be happy as I've told Claude to scrub the floors. Like there's scenes of just people scrubbing the floors. Like I will do that to be in the show. You know, Dude, awesome. is, you should audition for the innkeeper's wife. That's actually the part I want. Uh, I'm afraid to want it. Though. I've, been, so I've, been, bad. I've been like whispering in people's ears, people that I think are talented, and I'll be like, you should audition for that role. <laughs> don't tell people to audition that role. Why don't blah, you audition for oh, some lame Why don't you play the innkeeper? I hate. Hey, in front of. Stage. I'll be your wife on stage. We're, we're ratchety Sing old. Ma- Master of the House. Master of the House. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, it was a good performance. Like, no, what I was going really to say is that's why it's important to have things like um, for the um, – sorry, I forgot the name of the musical now. Les Mis. Uh, no, Hometown, Hometown, Hometown the Musical. Oh. Hometown the Musical because, like you said, you had a bunch of uh, children, young, young, young adults involved in it, and you're sparking their interest so that when the – Hey, that was really fun. Yeah. When the older people start phasing out of it for whatever reason – You've got like because that's the problem, right? When you, it, it, here's here's the challenge that always happens when you've got like when you create a dream team of oh these people are all, they're all the best people in the best place blah blah blah. There's no people under them that are being trained or being given that interest yeah. to keep going. And then after they leave, then you have this whole oh it's the scene is dead right until other people pick it up. And that's why it's important to have stuff that it require large ensembles. And Lemiz is actually a very good example because there's different age groups in that musical too, right? So it'll give a lot of range to up and comers that will then continue going into other stuff as the theater company continues. Is it like Gestrov or what's what's the little boy's name in the show? Oh, he's got it. Gavrov. Yeah, that's that's going to be demanding. I forget the I forget the kid's name, but he's got two big numbers, two yeah. big numbers in that in, in that It's musical. a pretty fairly in Cosette, like little Cosette, because like, yep. there's Cosette at yep. two ages. She has a in song too. Yeah. And I remember when Westwood did it. I don't know if you guys remember Westwood did William Miz yep. um, when I was there in grade twelve, and you know we had they did a wicked job. Karen Towsley was um, the director there then, and yeah. it was a wicked show. I still remember it. So there's a bit of a legacy piece with Lee Miz yeah. as well because there's people wow. that I know who are in that show you know that I think are going to come back and audition and again and this one well it's funny because you said you need to have you need to have a, a future generation because Russell Thomas can only play so many parts yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but that's exactly why right like you need to have even if they're not people that are involved in the arts at least people that are are, are involved in the community that care yeah. right like I would like to see like let, let's uh, just throwing names out there uh, Nathaniel Crosley who's so involved in the community yep. like young guy he sh- I mean I don't Blake know why he doesn't audition girls. for stuff he should well like a, he's pretty as, busy yeah. I know he's that's pretty busy too, yeah. but I mean he's uh, uh, as yeah. for such a young guy he's seen as a leader and leaders usually get people to follow and that's the that's the idea is if you know people will yep. he'll inspire others right and but no uh, I guess what I'm getting at is just like it'll it'll be interesting to see because uh, like I, I think it's important that like Keanu Theater should do at least one show that involves an entire age range audience every year to make sure that we're they're 
uh, sparking the interest of those younger people so they continue they continue nourish the uh, scene. interesting side anecdote you said that you were in Greece um, our comp um when I was in grade nine, our grade twelves were gonna do Greece, and then our Danny Zuko, our Danny Zuko quit like, halfway through the production, and our drama teacher just like freaked out. She's like, "It's off, we're not doing it." And I was really, I was, I was really, I was really sad because I, I, I was, I was gonna play uh, Vince Fontaine in it, oh, and I yeah, never got the part. role. Yeah, Merc never had. Okay, I shouldn't say that. I was never involved. No way, the Merc guys. Dude, you you guys had some of the best people. Okay, well it goes to show you where I stood yeah, in high uh, school. And then they. Keanu did Grease and because I and I know this because on Saturday I walked into <laughs> Russell Thomas's dressing room and was like Russell what's the numbers looking like because all week we'd been like oh my god we're gonna sell it a matinee oh my god you know like everyone's yeah. been like we must be hitting some records right yeah. And there was two shows that beat us in the box office success in Keanu history, one being Grease, one being Beauty and the Beast. Oh. But family shows, right? Yeah, so yeah. these shows that you can bring your kids out to and these shows that, you know, become a family affair and, you know, every, you know kind of appeal to everyone are clearly doing really well, right? Yeah, so yeah. I think that says something about them as well. No, absolutely. And I think, I really think Hometown made a staple in this community where it's just like, the arts are really haven't left. Like the arts are still very much alive in this town, right? Yeah. Well, it just it's just a matter of who who the people. As we've said to on this podcast going. many fucking times. Yeah. Um, but you felt. Well, how do you feel? Like was it? Well, obviously, it was successful. But and you know, clearly, you want to go back and do it again. Yeah. No. It's it was a great experience. Like I met so many great people, and you know, learned things about myself that I never knew. And you just it really becomes a family, and it's dorky to say, but. It really is. You know, we would have freaking 7.45, you know, show started at 8. We'd all, like, gather in our dressing rooms. And, like, our dressing room, I, I had my iPod dock there. And we'd play, you know, Bon Jovi's Always. And, like, there'd be, like, yeah. 30 of us doing these big sing-alongs. <laughs> no, you get amped. The get stage man, there. you have to get amped. Like, you have to get pumped up. And you have to be, like, rip and ready to go and that adrenaline. And I will say, and I'll say it again, like, A, buy your season tickets. But I will always, now that I've been on stage... The audience matters so much. So uh, I will never be a dull audience member again. Yeah. You know, I will be there. I will be clapping. I will be enthusiastic. I will be laughing. I will be involved because, you know, opening night, we, oh, you know, the sure adrenaline of opening night, opening night, the adrenaline was amazing, right? So you go out and you do it. Yeah. The Saturday night crowd, the first Saturday night crowd was the best audience we had. They were so involved. You know, the bows at the end, the mashups, yeah. they were standing the entire time. As soon as people were out there dancing, they were up. So it was just, and you really feel that, and you yeah, feel like yeah, energy, as you're giving your energy. lines, the energy that's coming back at you, to me, that's the magic. You know what yep. I mean? Like, how, how you're feeding off that, that's the magic. We had a couple nights, you know, all, all the audiences were good, but just you could tell the ones that yeah, were really, were the ones it. that you'd gotten. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, when you, you can really tell connect. when you've gotten a crowd, and Saturday nights was good. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling, like, at the end of, at the beginning of closing night, when I was waiting on stage to go out for that beginning part of it. I was like, I will never not go to either an opening or closing night again because that's when the adrenaline is pumping the most for the actors. Yeah. Because closing night, we're all like, oh, this is the last time we're going to do and it. And you got it down. We were you all know crying. it. Yeah. We were all, and, and yeah, we've gotten it down. Yeah. You know, any of the glitches yeah. are out by closing night. Yeah. So, so I recommend I buying season's <laughs> tickets because shows are going to continually sell out. Yeah. And you're supporting a really great institution in our community. And it's community based. Like, 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 Tito just said there was possibly or the, I don't know the details behind it but it might have been some issues in Edmonton with pay this is all community people volunteers that want to be there I'm curious uh, if cause there you go Misty the, here's your second podcast yeah, yeah Misty <laughs> Misty you better know how much we love you um, I wonder if uh, Misty's great yeah yeah no uh, we're working on her we're working on her <laughs> 
<laughs> We're working right. with her. Misty, you be Freudian careful. Slip. I didn't just say that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> We're working with her on a project right now, and she is she's so good. Like she's so like her character is so convincing. <laughs> she makes Todd look so good on screen. <laughs> Fuck, and that's saying we something. Holy back. shit. Misty was the like marketing communications person for Events with Buffalo I while I was at Mac yeah. Island. So we that's had the same week. jobs for yeah. different organizations, but we did so much together. So yeah. we became really close. And that's how I know Claude, Michael, and everyone else because cool. of that experience. But we had we had a lot of fun. No, and She's a cool chick. I was gonna say, oh uh, Jerry, if you're listening to this one, uh, even though I said it. 15 times and you still haven't seen it thank you for the the Wyman podcast shout out on closing night was it I guess it was just on closing night closing night yeah he uh, and he also the night he Teresa Wells was on the audience he gave a McMurray Musing shout out oh, as nice. well yeah, yeah. No, uh, Jerry where was my YMM shout out thanks buddy <laughs> I was on stage every night yeah. wearing a Today logo <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a really well written, well written show for like the whole. I'm just reminiscing now, like the whole fight with the dial. That was well done. I'm 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 upset that I missed that podcast because I really wanted to touch base with that director. Uh, What's his name? Beamish. Uh, Beamish. Beamish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He uh, he he was in a team that submitted one of the entries. Apparently, he's got a one act play that he wants me to do. Yeah, he's got one he wants me to do too. Maybe it's the same one. He's got ideas, man. He's got. He's a dreamer too. He's a passionate guy. Speaking of what you need to get something done, so tall from all the pictures. He's very tall. So when did you move here? Now that we're, we're all over the map, um, okay. I, so I heard born, you mentioned Westwood. I was born in Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. Um, lived in Ontario for a couple of years when I was a baby, but then I spent most of my life in Newfoundland. In grade the end of grade ten, my family moved here. So my mom, my stepdad, and my brother. So we moved to Alberta. I went to Westwood for a couple of years. Did a year at Keanu doing university transfer studies, and then instead of going to U of A with everyone else, I decided, hey, if I'm going to study politics, I'm going to Ottawa. So I like packed cool. up, moved to Ottawa where I knew nobody. I did an honors poli sci degree at Ottawa U. Then I did a year at Algonquin College doing public relations, worked on Parliament Hill for a couple of years, wow. and then I moved out here, wow. um, worked for the city, and then I moved to Mac Island. That's the first time I've seen your name. You are, what did you do for the city? I worked in rec and culture. Okay. Recreation and culture, just organized some events, and yeah. it was just like for it was just an eight month thing, and then I started working at Mac Island okay. as marketing coordinator. So if I may ask, what year did you graduate Westwood? Oh three. Oh three. Uh, we must have crossed paths before. I was Mirko too. Yeah, but see, I, it's just those two years, right? And like I, I never knew very many Merc people. Close, so I, I never really knew many Merc people. I'm sure we were at something at the same time, some party, or <laughs> some party, or something. I was a goody two shoes back then. I well, apparently I missed all the fucking fun with the drama kids. We had good people in Merc. We had a drama program in Merc. Yeah, well, I wasn't. Uh, I thought Mike Merc wasn't known for its drama. Mike, no. w- but I thought Football. Mike w- sports. Can yeah. I? <laughs> Sorry, w- weren't weren't Mike Robertson and Arlen Kapak? Kapow Westwood They were Westwood Okay okay Cause I remember We went to do these Like uh, plan a day This like competitive event It was event, all Westwood And yeah. it was like me Andy Andrew Jenkins Who was involved In uh, uh, Cano Theater For uh, some time Before he, he moved uh, So Andrew Jenkins And Rhett Miller We were the comp team And I guess They were the Westwood team And I, I guess There wasn't a Merc team No man we And never if they were nothing. They weren't very good then So <laughs> Westwood's drama program yeah. Was insane Oh yeah those, I, I'm those assuming guys. it's still good but back then when I was there 
they did some crazy stuff. Well, yeah, stuff. they single-handedly were the rapid-fire group, and now that's so huge in Edmonton, right? Yep. Like they started it, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. They're. I mean, it's it's interesting because every and this is this is what I keep harping on because everyone's like everyone poo-poo's Swarming Murray a lot, but like the thing is, I mean, part of the reason I came back here is uh, because of the fact that I well, I mean, I got talked into it by you it's like wouldn't it be cheaper for you to just film your movies in Fort Murray and just like get people here to act you can sound like I fucking coerced you it's just like well, you you're just sleeping one night and I was like well no because I would, I would go I would go to I would I would I would like plan my shoots uh, shoot them in Edmonton and do my do my thing right because like I have a place in Edmonton I have a place in Fort Murray etc but like the thing is uh, and then um, and then you you know as I started doing the math as, as you said it like Rapid Fire Theater was started by some Fort Murray guys who moved to yeah. Edmonton Right, and it's like so much. It's 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 interesting because some of the more talented uh, director types that I know from Edmonton are from Fort Murray originally. So it's, <laughs> it's just really cool. It's just yeah, and and from Calgary too. So but, Arlen is amazing. Like oh, Arlen yeah. and Mike, I remember going and seeing like Wit Westwood, Westwood Improv Team, and mm-hmm. they were winning nationals year yeah, after yep. year. And that's that rap- whole that, that was Rapid Fire. That was them, right? The, yeah, but this was yeah, them in yeah. high school yeah, before yeah, Rapid yeah, Fire. Yeah, yeah. Right, like they were just brilliant. You know, yeah. I was I was good friends with a really cool gal named Amber Chamber who's mm-hmm. a year older than me so she, I think she graduated 02 or the year even before that mm-hmm. so you might have crossed paths with her but she was good friends with that crowd so I got to I got to know a lot of them really well and uh, just brilliant actors and actresses. No I have a lot of respect for those guys and um, uh, incidentally from that group uh, John Mick was at one of the comedians uh, this past Wednesday at the uh, Side Splitting we can, Comedy we can, Night. We can touch on that one the, the winter play events that we did the winter reels since we're all over the map I guess why not? Yeah well I mean did you event, uh, attend any of the winter play events? Oh, I was in hometown music. That right, this yeah. was such a <laughs> Everyone that's seen, and I'm going to post what I sent for a press release uh, about winter reels. Said they're like, well, "What do you mean by harsh conditions?" I just solely mean harsh conditions that it's never fun to film in the winter. Uh, a and B, uh, talk about talent pool and resources. We were comp- not competing, but the challenge went down right when hometown was going on, and hometown had what 130 some odd uh, community members, and a lot of them were the ones that. Like the film, like make movies with us. Yeah. So it was it was quite the busy time in Fort McMurray for the last two weeks. With it was hometown crazy. Movie. It was nuts. It's cool because if you take a snapshot and like look at what happened this past week, it's These just two like weeks, yeah. yeah, so much. Like I mean, you got hometown the musical, you got the comedy night, you've got uh, all the artists that were uh, the burlesque show, uh, the, uh, the uh, Irish Descendants, the kitchen party. <laughs> it was it was event after event. After, it was winter play. Yeah, it was it, awesome. It was winter play. I yeah. love that hometown actually coincided with winter play for that fact there was because because so winter play is a performing arts. You know, yep. interplay started as a performing arts yep. festival. Winter play was started as the cousin of that. Yeah, the winter so, version. <laughs> you know, it was very much a the performing arts side of it was very much involved yeah, yeah. in it. So I think it was a good tie-in and good timing. It just sucked that I got to miss everything. And, and I've heard that from a lot of people in hometown, but <laughs> I think it's be proud of that you were a part of the, probably the two greatest weeks and for events within well, this region. We're, we're, still in, yeah. we're still in early 2013, right? So, Oh, well, yeah, very, very true. Well, very busy two hey, weeks. Hey, the best event ever is going to be Thursday night. <laughs> well, hey, what do you got? It's going to continue because what do we got going on this the next couple of weeks? Well, for the magazine, we have our issue two little mini launch party. It's not going to be as big as the first one we had at the Padolan, but we're inviting everyone to come out. Thursday night will be the first chance anyone can get their hands on the magazine except you two, of course. You're the very first one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll have them out there. 
there. You know, Steve and the folks at the Wood Buffalo Brewing Company are fantastic. We Absolutely. have um, some live music going on the stage for the first time ever at uh, the Brew Pub. There's a little stage there, so we're really excited about that. Some local guys, Mackenzie Wallace and Joe House, are going to be playing um, that evening. So we're going to be doing brewery tours, some prizes. By like Tommy Guns is giving away a bunch of hot shaves and nice. haircuts. Nice. Brew Pub is going to give away a couple of gift certificates. Maybe you'll win your tab that night. Nice. So maybe you'll be covered, and so that you know that's going to be really fun. So Thursday night is it open to anybody? Open to absolutely anybody. <laughs> Sounds like I'm going. <laughs> he has to work. I'm on night shift. Oh, um, yeah, open to anyone. You know, we're going to be there starting around eight o'clock, giving out prizes, and you know we'll have the folks from K Rock there live on location. K Rock's the official presenting sponsor of the event, so you know K Rock's been a fantastic. So Steve partner. can't go. <laughs> <laughs> no, Steve came to the first one. K Rock presented that event too. Media, fr- media He's love. Just, has to. <laughs> just media love that's all k-rock no k-rock's been really great to ymm and uh are the presenting sponsor again for this awesome. event so that's really cool um ross and tracy and everyone are fantastic so a little shout out to you guys there you go <laughs> um ymm shout out on mondays yeah. <laughs> and then you know so we're also i'm really excited to announce that uh, ymm is going to be hosting the saint patrick's day party on at the wood buffalo brewing company as well so that's happening march 16th awesome. the that's saturday night so i hope you guys come that night yeah i'll see what i can do to get you on my list on 16th i'm working so i'll try to come the, I'm working day shift, so we'll see what we can do for the nights. But yeah, if the if I need the, to start going out more. <laughs> well, I think that's a good night to do it. It's like the national drinking holiday, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, I haven't I haven't gotten wasted in a long time. I've I've just gone over a flu. I got some sort of disease from someone at some point. Oh, I don't know I when. Sitting next to you, <laughs> I'm sure you shouldn't. <laughs> no, but, uh, it's so it's the first St. Patty's Day for the Wood Buffalo Brewery, so it's going to be absolutely insane. It's so going to be nuts right down now. there. It's yeah, be, yeah, I'd so. recommend if I were you getting there at like four in the afternoon. No, <laughs> you know? uh, before that. Two. I don't know. I think it's going to be crazy there all day. Patty's is the lineup starts at noon, so holy shit. Yeah, I uh, think there's going to be a lot of people trying to get in. So it's I'm lucky. I'm lucky that I think I'll make it in the doors, <laughs> and I'm pretty excited about I'll it. Be so sure about that. St. Patrick's Day is officially on the Sunday, though, so we decided to make the biggest party on the Saturday night, so that way then people... No, it'll probably be celebrated on Saturday. Yeah, Yeah, we'll ring it in on the Saturday night, on the the midnight, just because most people have to work Monday morning, so... I'm trying to remember, the last time I really went out for St. Patrick's Day was when I was university, and that was the green puke night. (laughs) I think I recall some of those nights in my sorority days. Uh, It's pretty bad. I've made a bucket list. uh, Well, everyone everyone has a bucket list. No, I want to do Boston. On. Well, I'd love to do Ireland. You want to get beat yeah. up? Or apparently, I'd love to do Boston because every St. Patty's Day, Dropkick Murphy's has a performance in Boston. Yeah, there's a lot of Irish people and there, I too. They're love, wicked. And I would They're love to go band. check that out. And I was this close to doing it one year when I worked for WestJet, and I always said I need to make a better attempt to do it. So two events you got coming up. Um, no tickets for each, but it's just no like tickets. It's just to come on in and hang out with us, and you know, have a good time. You know, really, this cool. magazine's just for you, and it's just about hanging out and everyone being themselves, really. So, you know, it's just a night to come out and socialize, meet some of the people who are part of the magazine. You know, a bunch of our contributors will be there. Um, not the one sitting at this table because he's working night shift. <laughs> yeah. How typical in Fort McMurray that yes. someone's working night shift. Yes. But I'll be there via saddle, via, saddle. via Twitter. <laughs> via Twitter. Via Twitter, Todski will be in the house. <laughs> um, no, this is uh, well. Actually, before I was going to start closing off, but no, we're not. Uh, you, sir, uh, just a quick note. Wow. Happy birthday! 
Is it your birthday today? No. What the fuck are you talking it's about? Our, it's our second uh, anniversary for the podcast. Oh, right, yeah. Congratulations happy and yeah. happy birthday. And no better way to spend it with, with Krista. Uh, yeah, it, I think it was on the 26th we released our very first episode. Of by, February? Of February yeah, yeah, 2011. We released via SoundCloud before Jesse Nash was like, you guys, I got something way better so for you. Two, com- <laughs> two complete years then. That's awesome. Wow, so Now that's we're, we're working on year three then. We're on year three coming yeah. in. So, yeah, I just, it literally popped into my head right before I think I'll come back in. for my second anniversary. Hey, well, yeah, there you go. Well, no, I hope we go to Wood Buffalo Brew House for your second anniversary, <laughs> and we have a big old. We'll go there party. lots. Don't worry, we'll go there lots. Steve's Actually, awesome. we, we should we should try to do something like that too. Do like why don't event. we do a joint event someday? Oh, absolutely! I am more we than we could down. do like a big old party. There you go. When's your when November launch? I believe it was just... is the one year anniversary would be. There you go. Yeah, I'm down. <laughs> no, I, I literally just thought of that, so I figured, well, might as well say it on the podcast at some point. Cool. Um, what else is I going to mention? No, Winter Play was crazy. Uh, yeah. The Winter Side Splitter, I think, went over like Gangbusters. Well, sold out. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was crazy. crazy. John Mick, Huge crowd. the home. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Ron Jossel was great. Too. Ron Jossel was amazing. John Mick, it was like a homecoming for him because we talked about people we graduated with. He was in my graduating class. He was up here for a couple of years, but he really made a, a name for himself in the comedy season in Edmonton. So I think everyone knew that and was, can't, couldn't wait. Oh yeah, his, his I, I, I like the guys. He's so personable. He's such a nice guy and everything, and just all around funny guy, right? So yeah. No, it was an incredible night. Uh, Tito got sick, so I went solo on the hockey goods of puck bunny. Yeah, man, I'm so sorry. I was like, I was out of commission, completely out of commission. It was brutal. Like I was <laughs> like. It, it, it was so bad at one point that I thought the cats were trying to kill me. Like they thought, I, no, because like I'm like lying in bed. I'm lying Ouch. in bed and like two cats are like surrounding the bed. I'm like, they know I'm gonna die and they're gonna finish me <laughs> vultures. off. Like vultures just start chewing on my foot. Oh wow, it was That's brutal, sick. man. That's it was sick. brutal. I was I had double vision. Really? Yeah, I should have. I probably should have gone to emerge. Jesus. Yeah, but for, luckily the fever broke. So yeah, that's awful. Well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you made the effort to come tonight, sir. Yeah, well, I'm getting better now. <laughs> like the, this morning was like that really kind of rough day, but at the, at the it's like all the symptoms of stuffiness are still there, but the fever's gone, so I'm functional. <laughs> I'm just I feel like I'm miserable, so I'm just very infectious. So enjoy. <laughs> Why was I invited here again? No, I'm kidding. Uh, the next time I come, I really want Misty to be here. I think we'd have a good time. I can't be here if Misty's here. <laughs> well, considering well, what you what wanted you to said, do, no, I, I, no, hey, hey, don't. don't. We're working together on something. Don't put that in people's heads. Very professional um, relationship. No, yeah. no, I'm the one that hits on her constantly. The, the, the less, <laughs> the less personable we are, the better we are professionally. When I have to direct her, <laughs> that's my mindset. That's why I treat you like a like a perfect stranger when I'm directing. Like you. a puppet. Like, what is it? Like a puppet. Yeah, I work you like a puppet. you Because like you miss your mark, and I just grab you. I'm like, <laughs> there. Whatever. Say your line. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever works, man. Well, <coughs> you talk about opportunities too. Just to bring it back before we close this off, is uh, you gave me a chance to actually contribute to a magazine. Yeah, and that's incredible. And I think I think a lot of people can say the same thing that are in your magazine. That's awesome. It literally is fucking. It blows your mind. And anyone can, you know. I, I I want submissions from the community. Like I said, this is a magazine that's about you, for you, by you. So you know, there's nothing against some random person I've never met calling me up or sending me an email and saying, "Hey, I'd like to be in your magazine, or I'd love to contribute oh, I got this something." Idea, yeah. But I've just keep in mind, idea. she's got a wait list, so it's got to be something good. It's gonna. You gotta yeah. compete. You yeah. gotta compete in your competition. It, there is a bit of a wait list, and you know, I can't just say, "Oh yeah, next issue you're in," but you know, it's. 
certainly still want to hear from you and bring I want your, your feedback. Yeah. Bring your ideas and, you know, local talented writers and photographers absolutely. and designers. Like, bring it on. Let's do it. No, and that's absolutely awesome. How can I get a hold of you? Um, best way to reach me is email. Like, absolutely. Phone, you sometimes playing phone tag. Um, email's pretty simple. Editor at yourmcmurraymagazine.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We've got a website. You know, check out all these above things. Your McMurray Magazine is pretty simple. YMM. Um, any of those avenues will reach me. So if you fill out the contact form on the website, it goes to me. Yep. If you fill out the Facebook message thing, it goes, it goes to me. To you. So, so if she doesn't reply, it's because she's ignoring you. Yeah. <laughs> I apologize. There's also a link to ymmpodcast.com. Look on the right-hand side. You'll see a YMM Your McMurray Magazine link that'll be there permanently, most likely. And uh, it's going to be great. Uh, it's... I love the first issue was incredible. Like I, I can't say Thank enough you. about it. Where it, it's such uh, the con- the contributions to it, like the way it's set up, it literally is a magazine for for McMurray. Not to say anything bad about the. Uh, well, I'm not gonna say anything bad about the other one because I picked up McMurray Girl. I was like, this is cool. This is from for McMurray. I picked up Northward. This is from for McMurray. Yeah. I picked up YMM magazine. This is from for McMurray. It makes it that much better than picking up a McLean's or, or the Edmonton Sun or something like that, right? Yeah, reading someone else's view on the region. On your own town, to, on your own community. Something as opposed that's to based. someone from the from the region, basically. You know? Yeah. And no, no it, it's absolutely It's incredible. something you can wave in the air and say, hey, look, my place is cool. <laughs> you want to bash Fort McMurray? Well, check out this. Is this Find out does some this truth look in- like something you think will come out of the the oil sands or whatever, you know, and that's something that we really try to do is be something people would be really proud of, and I think people can be, so. No, absolutely. It's very well polished. It's a nice-looking magazine. And the copy editing, I, I think, is pretty good. I've got some great copy editors. What's copy editing? It's, like, grammar. Oh. And spelling and punctuation. All stuff that I... Horrible. Stuff that I have people that do because it's something you know. If we're going to be a world class town, we're going to have to have a world class magazine, and we're going to have to do a world class. Bill Cosby actually coming here? He's actually coming here. This is wow. (laughs) That's the things you can learn in YMM. There you go. Final thoughts, my dear. Just that. uh, Happy to be rocking for McMurray. Proud to live here. Proud to work here. Follow your dreams, and let's do this again. Absolutely. The well, more you know. <laughs> and come to the launch party on Thursday. There you go. Thursday night. Times to start? Eight. Instead of driving down to Edmonton where it's cold and lonely. terrible road conditions. Lonely. <laughs> Do you have some final thoughts, sir, about uh, well, the last couple of weeks? Uh, don't get sick. <laughs> no, seriously, I got sick at the worst possible time. I'm glad I was able to go to the uh, to uh, be able to go there for the comedy thing, but I really wish I could have gone for uh, the Puck Bunnies night. And uh, yeah, no, it sounds like I missed out on a lot of stuff this weekend because I was just, uh, you know, what I think it was is just me. You know, when we went to go do the kickoff for the film challenge, I think that's yeah, what got you me. You were complaining how cold it was. Yeah, I'm like, it's so cold, and you're like, ah, you pussy. <laughs> I was in a jersey. You're there fucking in like a parka. I know, but I'm not. It, that's but if the thing. He's sick. But that's no. I'm, I'm a big wuss. It's like I <laughs> like no. It, it's true. Like I can only t- tolerate the cold for so long, and unless I'm doing something that I want to be doing, <laughs> like, it has I'm to be crabby. a little bit manly that you own it though, and yeah. that you own you. You know, you live up to. Yeah, it. there you go. I didn't die. So a that's quick close. touch on winter real, sir. Uh, no, it was good. Uh, good entries. I'm really looking forward to uh, what's uh, coming up from YMM. We're going to try to present more film challenges. In fact, more... Uh the only thing that we got confirmed is uh, the Interplay Film Festival will happen, which includes yeah. the 48-hour. Uh, that's all we... 
no, it's in stone right now. Uh, dates yeah. and formats. It might, are it all might up be, it might be more than forty eight hours this year again, though. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Know, man. We, we gave him six it. fucking days this time. Six days, really. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, um, <laughs> freaking Todd. What I was gonna say is, uh, if you guys go on YouTube now, there is a YMM podcast uh, YouTube channel where you can see all the entries for the Winter Reels Challenge. So, oh, I want to go watch YouTube. Them. And I think we're you're gonna be uploading the ones from uh, Interplay last year as well. I'm gonna upload all our library. And everything that we've had for the just for the the, the film competitions as well as yeah because we got we got two, two interplays yeah. and the winter play right and the winter reels as well as the clips <clears throat> of the winners that you put together for best actor all that kind of crap oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay so you can put that stuff everything up that we have in our video yeah. library I'm gonna post up on our YouTube yeah, so, YouTube.com so, so now when we have stuff that we you guys can see the stuff that we're uploading and it's all Fort McMurray filmmakers up and comers and stuff and just see them progress actually it's gonna be that I think that's the more awesome thing is you can see the progression of work of people that are submitted every year right watching so. this stuff is absolutely incredible like the winter reels uh, like the talent that's in this community is absolutely amazing like uh, we had one person from winter reels Jared who never did a movie before this is his first time editing directing writing everything and wow. it was absolutely amazing really creative guy too oh, absolutely. you guys are doing so much to foster the arts community in this town though and you know someone needs to say thank you so I will and <laughs> you know you guys have a lot to be proud of oh thank you yeah no I mean I think everyone everyone that's made stuff here has it can be proud of that stuff they've, they've done some really good work absolutely. I mean uh, last year's uh, interplay 48 hour uh, contest just really blew yes, everyone away. It was absolutely. really good stuff. So um, as, check it out on the YMM Podcast YouTube channel. And also, uh, as uh, <coughs> some people have seen that I've been hawking to, is uh, the Fort McMurray Filmmaker Association Facebook group. Um, it's a place where uh, we're kind of stuck to Facebook right now, but we got some plans to expand that in the future. Um, it's a place where people that are interested or have remote interest that want to get involved or even to read about uh, the filmmaking community in uh, Fort McMurray. Jump on there. Uh, I noticed one thing with Winter Rules, especially with Hometown happening, is a lot of people were screaming for uh, actors and actresses. And a lot of people I talked to was like, yeah, sure, I'll give it a shot. It's just trying to get everyone in that one location to be like, you want an actress? Sure, I'll... I'll I'll be in your movie just for the hell of it. And uh, one thing that uh, I talked with Misty as well is we're going to try to get a little uh, pooling of resources together with the theater group. Uh, so I've been adding, I believe I added you, or if I haven't, I will. Um, people from the theater, if they want to actually get involved with some filmmaking projects, they can. Uh, we can start out with this group. Like I said, it'll move to bigger stuff, uh, more like websites and stuff in the future. And also for everyone involved with our filmmaking group, if they want to get involved with the stage aspect, there's going to be some information posted on that because especially after seeing Hometown, uh, the stage, it's just a match, right? It's, Keep that ball rolling. It's being on film, being on stage... Come on, same Make thing. it magic. It's, it's easier doing it on film, though. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. The live audience thing is the... No, kicker. honestly, I, I like I when I was first getting into drama, I was all like, oh, I want to be a stage performer. And then you get on stage and you're just like, this is fucking hard. <laughs> like, it, like, you can't... Like, if you mess up, you have to keep going, right? I was playing myself and I continually got directed <laughs> yeah. at to be more like myself. Uh, yeah, yeah and, and, and... I was playing myself. Can you imagine Claude Giroux yelling in a theater hall, Krista, where's... Krista, it happened, right? So it's harder than it looks. Brody told me a really interesting story that when he was being trained, um, the director would often have this bell, and all he would do if he didn't like your performance is ring it. But the thing was, he wasn't, tell- he wasn't telling you what you were doing wrong. He just All you knew is you were doing something wrong. So it was up to you to change your performance wow. until 
you figured you out the bell. what was good. God, that'd be so frustrating. He didn't care. He didn't care if you went up or low with the performance. The idea was that you had to figure out change it yourself. Change it, change it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So yeah. Wow, that I don't. I don't think I'd like that. No, I just be like, give me some direction. I don't think that that did not stage. Perfect. Yeah, On the up. record, there was no bell like yeah. that in Hometown the Musical. Oh, man. Um, Krista, <coughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Volume 1, Issue 2 is on newsstands. Friday and Saturday. Give it a little bit of time. It sometimes takes a day or two to get everywhere, but you'll beginning be on to, Friday. Be the headline is Invisible at 25 Below, A Day in the Life, page 22. I can't, I can't wait to read it, actually. And I get to read it before any of y'all. So, <laughs> <laughs> Lucky guys. No, it's absolutely what you did is incredible, and I look forward to more. Thank you. So for the YMM Podcast, I'm Totsky. I'm Tito. I'm Krista. We'll see you next set. YMM Podcast is a T-Man Entertainment production. In association with Hyperphotonic Media. Find us at hyperphotonicmedia.com. Oh, fuck. <laughs>